You get these questions a lot. Where are you from? And what do you do? That's what you get asked, right? Meeting someone new if you're at a party or maybe on your dating profile. So why not just tell the world? We just launched a brand new online store that tells people where you're from and what you do. It has all 50 U.S. states and some countries represented with physical therapist gear at ptpinecast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee. Check. South Carolina PT t-shirts. Double check. Face masks for a Florida PT. Yeah, we got that. Great gear for life, all with your profession and the home state on it. Great gifts for yourself, a colleague, a clinical instructor, a student, all now at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. There we go. Now we're broadcasting live. What's going on, ladies and gents, before we get started with the, the show? Excited for tonight. Questions that come up often on this topic here. Whenever we do a, an episode about business, about finance, uh, we see a lot of downloads, which tells us one thing. You're interested in it. So we're doing that again. Uh, host tonight is going to, or excuse me, guest tonight is uh, is going to dive into some topics that uh, are top of mind. And I'm knowing this, knowing you want to know about this because I see you talking about it in the Facebook group. Just opened that Facebook group uh, a couple of weeks ago. PT Pinecast Physical Therapy Happy Hour on Facebook. Uh, drop us a message if you'd like to join. A lot of good conversations going on in there. So we we see you and we hear you having these conversations. So we're going to solve this tonight. So we're going to talk about finances and really, let's just say five areas of practice we can create the most value from. You want to know that because maybe you you went against the grain, which we said was good. Maybe you started a pandemic or a practice pandemic. We like that. People are like, is it a good idea to start a business in a pandemic? And a lot of people will tell you no. But we saw a lot of people do it. We talked to Danny Matei a few weeks ago, and he's like, we had our clients either start or continue businesses during the pandemic. And they thrived. He was talking about 40, 50, 60% increases. So we're going to get into that uh, tonight. Do you want to find uh, thank our friends from uh, your CBD store? Find them online at cbdrxforyou.com. Had a conversation this past weekend about CBD around a, uh, a bonfire. Go figure. I'm telling you, that's, that's, that, that's proof of concept, right? Uh, find out the ABCs of CBD. See what we did there? Uh, cbdrx4u.com. Your patients, my random friends from uh, from parties and Memorial Day weekend, they're talk- talking about, they're wondering about it. If your patients are, are, are using CBD, how's it going to affect your treatment plan? Do you know? 100% sure? Uh, become sure. Check out the, the details at cbdrx4u.com. Great show for you tonight. So uh, let's get into this thing and start the show. There we go. Coming in hot. Welcome to PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on everything. Really, Can we just say everything? Amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. I'm Jimmy McCabe, your host. You can find us on the socials at PT Pinecast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, give us a follow. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an informative episode. We do love the subscribes. Also, that, uh, that podcast uh, store, we just had someone... DM me on Twitter and said, listen, uh, my girlfriend broke a pint glass. Do you guys still have those? We've got like something even better. You can't break these. We've got like the Yeti like tumbler things with the logos 
a bunch of different PT related stuff online at, at ptplankcast.com. We'll ship it right to you. Uh, and again, subscribe on that YouTube channel as well as we're now doing this video casting. If you're watching this show right now live, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, drop live and what's up in the comments below. If you have a question or a comment throughout the show, don't be shy. We don't like that. We don't like shy. Just shout it out or ask, and we'll see if we can uh, we can share it with the uh, with tonight's guest. Which is a perfect radio segue. Are you ready? Good. Uh, guest tonight is the co-owner and chief finance, uh, financial advisor for Econologics Financial Advisors. He's managed over 480. That is a lot. Private practice owners in a variety of healthcare fields, including physical therapy, to help guide practitioners like you into more optimal optimal financial conditions. Uh, I will say this at the top of the show. Uh, get this guest's free ebook. I love the title, How to Be a Financial Beast. I feel like we don't use the word beast enough anymore. We're bringing that back. Uh, get that free ebook at econologicsfinancialadvisors.com. We'll talk more about that. Let's get him in here right now. Our guest tonight is Eric Miller. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, excited to have you on here. As I mentioned in the, in the top of the show, whenever we have, these are like the things on the periphery of the, of the PT Venn diagram, right? Things that maybe should be talked about more often in PT school, which is like business, finance, uh, economics. Yes. Um, and it definitely comes up as we get closer to graduating or after we graduate, or maybe as we, as you become a clinic director and now you're thinking, do I open my own? Do I, do I do my thing? So, um, so glad, glad to, to, to have you on the show. Cause this is what you do. You've helped a lot of people do it. First question is always the hardest. Let's get it out of the way early. What do we drink? Let's do it. All right. Well, you know, I was born in I, I, my formative years were in the late eighties, early nineties. Right. Okay. Okay. So you got to think about that. That's when like, you know, Metallica and guns and roses, you know, ruled the day men were men and people played instruments. Right. Okay. So we're going to go with the headbanger IPA right here. Oh, wow. Seventh, seventh son. Son. IPA. Where, where is that out of geography? So, of course, it's Florida. Florida. So I, I had to give you a taste of Florida. You're in Clearwater Beach, just for uh, for everybody out there uh, uh, listening. Uh, I am doing, I'm still doing, I'm working my way through a case. It felt like very Memorial Day weekend. And you know the shape of the iconic bottle. I'm just doing a Corona because at this point during the pandemic, why the hell not? Looks like a land shark almost. Yeah. Oh, I do. You know? I don't mind a land shark, especially outdoors on a sunny day. So uh, thanks to our friends at Owens Recovery Science, a single source of PTs looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the uh, equipment you need to apply properly in clinical practice. OwensRecoveryScience.com. And they just dropped three episodes of their podcast over the weekend uh, celebrating Memorial Day. So thanks to Johnny Owens and Kyle at uh, OwensRecoveryScience.com. 480 healthcare practice how did you get started in this like your background i'm guessing mm -hmm. finance economics business I, I mean it really was i mean i started out as a as a financial advisor i was uh i work with other financial advisors you know it's kind of one of those things where um i was a typical advisor back in the day i don't know if you ever had any any dealings with financial advisors but most people are like okay the guy asked me how much money i have and how much is he going to charge me to manage that that money that's most people's experience in working with financial advisors I love the feel. I just didn't want to do that. All right. So we decided that we wanted to work with with people who who delivered something that we believed in. So we actually started working with physical therapists. That was the first type of uh, healthcare professional that we worked with. And uh, I learned really early on that if I was going to help a physical therapy practice owner with their with their personal finances, I had to know something about their business. Yeah. 
because that is the main generator of, of your income, you know, for a long, long period of time. And if I don't know, if I can't tell you how to, you know, direct money from the business to help get out of debt and, you know, accumulate reserves and, you know, all those things, then I really wasn't doing my job as a financial advisor. So that's, that's really what I learned on is that, that we have to show practice owners, you know, that their, their business is by far your biggest investment, most valuable investment. And it really should be set up. So it serves the household. Yeah, which is their parent company, the way that we look at it. And you and you did something that I think 10, 20 years ago doesn't didn't make any sense. Right. But it does now because we're on a podcast about physical therapy and the Internet allows us to do that, which is you niched down. You're like, OK, I'm going to be an advisor for finances for physical therapists. And like yeah. 20 years ago, that'd be that would be shoot yourself in the foot. But now it makes complete sense. It, it Yeah, because you look at it. I mean, being a financial advisor, is like you're not. There's so many different types of people out there. You have teachers, you have, you know, firefighters, you have corporate executives, you know, and they all have different situations. And the financial advice that I give to a physical therapist may not be the same financial advice that I would give to somebody else. Right. So, you know, everyone is not the same, especially when it comes to the, the financial advice. And I think they've made it that way, unfortunately, whereas this there's this blanket advice that everyone should just follow. And that that really isn't the case when you when you dig deep into the details. It really shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And Ju Juliet, Juliet, who's listening backstage, who we had another example of this was uh, a couple of months ago. We had a real estate agent who did something similar, which is like, well, I could be a real estate agent here in Colorado. And I forget his name. We'll, we'll bring up the episode. and We'll share it in the comments. But he's like, I'm just going to work with healthcare providers. And he started same thing with physical therapists because he said he was on the other end of so many deals where MDs or PTs or DOs or nurses wound up getting screwed because they just didn't know. And they went for, oh, well, this is just generic advice. And he was like, other agents will take advantage of that. So he's like, the internet affords me to remove geography and I'll just niche down on PTs and, and doctors and I'll just help them in their real estate decisions. And again, it sounds so narrow, it wouldn't make sense, but with the internet, it does make sense. Yes, it really does. And it's fun to work with just healthcare professionals because, you know, a lot of these people went to school to learn how to be caregivers, right? They, right. they, they, they wanted to, you know, do well with, you know, with their practice. They wanted to help people. But just like you said, they, they didn't go to school to learn how to run a business. They didn't go to school to learn how to be an executive. And they certainly didn't go to school to learn about money. So a lot of them just school of hard knocks, maybe their parents, so, you know, I, we found that they were just very, very underserved when it came to financial advice. They were just getting cookie cutter financial advice. And that that just bugged me too much. You get run so, over. Yeah, you get run over. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, talked about your book in the, the, the top of the show, How to Be a Financial Beast. Uh, yes. Financial Advisors <laughs> I'll tell you, man, I'm a sucker for a good ebook. I'll download it. I peruse those things all uh, real quick. What's someone going to take away? What's someone going to be armed with when they take a look at your book? Great name, by the way. So, yeah, we we came up with that. Just be, honestly, we had one of my clients that that was just doing so well. Like he, you know, his his practice was growing at a, at a really, really phenomenal rate. He was, you know, he's taking home a lot of money, very profitable, was out of debt. And I, and I just looked at him. I was like, dude, you're, you're a beast. Right. And it just it just kind of went from there. It's like, wow. OK, I'm going to write a book on like how to become a financial beast. 
as a practice owner. So that's really where it came. That's really where it came from. And I forgot the second part of your question. No, so <laughs> what's going to become? I mean, like this. This is one. This feels like one hundred and one. This feels like it's came out of a case study, as you mentioned, which is someone who's crushing it. And yeah, how do I give a quick resource? And again, so just go, jump on there. It's a free ebook uh, at Eric's website. And again, we'll drop that uh, link to it uh, in the comments. So we decided we want to talk talk about let's let's go let's go macro than micro. Macro, oh, the far away, we'll talk about key areas of practice that create the most value. So I yeah. feel like this would this would apply to anybody starting a clinic, having a clinic, but maybe looking to change some things up as we should be doing in terms of evaluating and, and figuring out what's working, what's not. So you say that there are five key areas of practice that create the most value. Yeah. What are those? Give those let's, let's talk about value, too, because value just doesn't mean money. Right. Yeah. Value can mean time. It can mean, uh, you know, you get achievement, recognition. There's value in that. Of course, the relationships you have with your patients and your employees. And then, of course, there is financial value as well. But I think if you're trying to build, you know, and I, and I, would, I would really encourage people that are, especially new grads, you know, don't, don't give up on practice ownership. Right. Because I think it really is a path to really, you know, financial freedom, having the life that you want to live. And there are people out there that don't want to just sell their practices to corporate. Right. They, they do want to pass on a legacy and do that. So I would really encourage people that are thinking about practice ownership, you know, find someone that's good at it and 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 be a mentor or find a mentor because it really is valuable in the long run. But to your point, um, as far as the building a, a very valuable practice. I think you have to look at this in a, in a number of different ways, but there are five critical areas that we would look at. So if I'm a buyer, okay, I'm a buyer, Jimmy, you have a practice, right? Okay. There, there are things I'm going to look at in your business. And I'm going to say, is this in or out? Like, what's the condition of this area? Okay. That's going to determine how much money I give you when I want to buy your practice. Okay. First thing is going to be your personnel. All right. How organized are your personnel? Do people have job descriptions? Do people know what they're doing? Uh, are they um, are they coordinated with one another? Okay. Do they have longevity in your in your staff? All right. Um, I, I think that your business is made up of people. Right. And if someone's going to want to buy your business and you want to have a lot of value there, then you got to make sure that your personnel is extremely well organized. Okay. People know exactly what they're doing. They know what their product is of their post and they do it and they have a statistic and you can measure that. So I think that's number one. I think the, the best practices that I've seen that have the most value have very, very organized personnel. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you, if you drive by a clinic from the road, it looks nice, but who's who, who really is the clinic? The clinic is the human beings involved. hundred percent. 100%. All right. So the human resource of people is number one. What's number two? So I would say systems. So, you know, every, every business owner that wants to get out of their practice, which, you know, they all tell me this, Eric, I'm just, I can't leave for a week or everything just goes to hell in a handbasket. I'm like, well, you don't have very good systems in your business then because you should, you know, I'm talking about, you know, marketing systems, things that can run a little bit uh, on uh, automation, right? right? Some things that, but you should have things in place where uh, things can automatically go and people can run them. You can, you can teach someone or train someone to be able to do that. And I think if you have good systems in your business, that is going to create a lot of value for you because it's going to allow you to get out of, of right. doing the day-to-day -day functions of the business and either look for expansion or just go do whatever you want to do. If you want to go fishing, if you want to go on a holiday for a month and a half, whatever you want to do. If you want to do a podcast, you know, you got to have systems yeah. in your business that creates a lot of value. I heard great advice 
I forget who said it now, but I remember the advice, which is very right about Maya Angelou, because I remember how this person made me feel. But uh, peop, uh, people don't run businesses. People run processes. Processes run businesses. Yeah, that sounds really good. And if you're brute forcing your way through every process, you are burning a lot of time and energy on the things that you could not maybe. And you mentioned you touched on this, not completely automate. No, set it and forget it for a little bit, then come back and check on it. But if you're doing everything yourself every single day, think about what you aren't doing. It's a laundry list. Growing. It's a long, right. It's a long list of things that you aren't doing that are actually going to be a lot more profitable for you in the long run. But that goes on another tangent we could get into. I think most practice owners, you know, they're good at, pra that, at being practitioners but they also kind of neglect that they have an owner and an executive role as well. Like yep. when, when you decide to be a, a business owner, you got to take on that owner and that executive role. Your practitioner role is your least compensated. Like that's where you make the least money in practice right. ownership yeah. is, is we, a practitioner role. We talked about that with Greg Todd when he, yeah. he developed like the four levels of, uh, of earning. And he said, listen, like most practitioners are on that first level. And again, he wasn't putting value on these different levels. He was just saying you make more in a different level. hundred percent. First level was implementation. And he's like, most clinicians are implementers. They do a thing, which is again, if that's what you got into it, uh, great. Um, but you have to pay attention, especially if you're a practice owner, because as you mentioned, you're going to wear multiple hats. So some things you might need to be implementing over and over again, but right. some things you need to be managing and then communicating and ideating. So you need to Know which level you're in. Yeah, just know your roles because it, it just every day you have certain things that you have to do. Just make sure you're delineating out. Am I doing my owner functions today? Am I doing my executive function today? Am I still doing practitioner roles? I would pick two. I don't think you can do all three. You can either be an owner practitioner or an owner executive. You choose. Like know yeah. yourself in that one. But I will tell you the the owner role is always the should be the highest compensated role in the organization. And, you know, a lot of people just don't understand how to actually compensate themselves for that hat. But it's yeah. it is that's he, he mentioned imagination, purpose, culture, um, the compliance of the organization. That's all of the things that an owner does. And if you're not doing that vision, expansion, all those things, that's when it's like the it's the most fun thing to do. Sure. Right. But everyone forgets it because they get yes. they get caught down, you know, the implementation on all the implementation stuff. All right. So, so far, we're yeah. too, we're we're too deep. Uh, we've yeah. got people and process and they're starting to feel like the profit with Marcus Simonis. And I love him. People know <laughs> so we got people and process. What's number three on the list? So I'm going to say um, fi uh, financial. So, look, uh, you're always going to have a problem with money if you don't make any. And you really have to make sure that if I'm going to buy your business, number one, it's got to be solvent. It's got to be profitable. Okay. So I was going to talk about, of course, I have to talk about money when it comes to value because most practices are going to get valued on a multiple of their earnings. Okay. So you have, you have your income expenses, and then whatever the profit of the organization is. So it's really important that number one, you have really good order in all of your financials. So you can, your profit and loss statements, your balance sheets, all those things are in really, really tip top shape because a buyer is not going to want to buy something that is disorderly. Yeah. Okay. Especially on the finances. So you want to create a lot of value there. Then you, you want to make sure that your finances are in really, really tip top shape. This, I could go on, on that one for a long time. I'm going to switch. No, it also, well, I, I think, so I want to just, I want to just probe into that a little bit. That yeah. to send red flags because either you're hiding something on purpose or you don't you aren't paying attention to things. And I feel like either of those are dangerous. They're both really, really bad. Right. Right. They're both really bad because if someone asks you for your profit and loss statements and you're like, uh, 
you know, I, I, Good. I, 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 you should be able to snap those off like in two seconds. Okay. Nice. And uh, same with your tax returns or whatever other, you know, uh, financial statistics you should be able to have. Uh, you should be solvent. You should have reserves. You should, all these things are going to be a good indicator for someone. Cause if, again, if I'm going to buy your practice, uh, I need to see that there is free, uh, we, we're going to get to this term free cash flow, right? There's money there that doesn't have an expense as, associated with it. Because as whenever you buy something, there's always going to be that, that, you know, that period where it's, you know, someone buys something, there's like all these things that are going to go wrong. You need a buffer. So right. if I'm going to buy something, you know, I have to go in and fix something, whatever it is, I need a buffer there. I need to make sure a buffer's there if I'm going to give you a lot of money for your business. If you want to get 50% of, of your gross income, then don't do anything. But if you really, really want to get a high multiple, then you want to make sure you have a profit. All right. So we got people process yep. and numbers. We got people process and finances. What's number four on the list? How about uh, assets? Uh, so what I mean by that, if you want to have a valuable business, make sure this would be like, what's the quality of your facility? Is it clean? All right. Are all your patient records in good order? Um, are your corporate documents up to date and current? Okay. Like I've seen, but believe me, you, oh, the horror stories that you hear, right? From, well, you know, we just, did a handshake and that's how we decided that we were going to go in business together. Like there's no operating agreements. There's, there's nothing in place. They, they haven't got audited by any, like, you know, done mock audits of their uh, insurance, their insurance carriers and, you know, 15 years, all that stuff is going to be a red flag for someone. Okay. So just make sure you, you, your, your responsibility as an owner is to make sure that business is compliant and can stay in existence. Okay. So that means you have to pay a little bit of attention to the legal aspect Right. Especially if you get sued for some reason as well, you have to have make sure all those things are in good shape. A record. I mean, this this yeah. this goes this goes in order of finances, making sure numbers are in order, and I feel like assets is like things, stuff, agreements, relationships, order. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. So it, it's just an area that people don't generally want to confront, or they just push it off on someone else but it is your part of your owner hat. And again, you can hire someone to do all these things. They're not like functions that I'm saying you have to go in there and, and you know, you know, come up with legal arrangements or legal agreements, but you got to make sure these things are done. Right. Especially, yeah. pr especially prior, if you're going to sell your business anytime I soon. I feel like finances and assets, people might push to the side because, well, nothing's on fire. Nothing's burning, <laughs> Eric. Nothing, you know, the, the lights are on, so we must be fine. We, let's look at that later. We'll look at that later. Yes. These are the kind of things that you need to pay attention to. Probably even if we're talking about the scenario we're going through is what someone will be looking like if they were going to come into your business and potentially buy it. You should be doing these things, I'm guessing, all the time. Well, in advance of trying to sell something. Oh, you start right away on all these things. Like Wait, all these things, if like if you had really, really good personnel, if you had good systems in your business, if you if you were solvent and profitable, if all of your your assets were in good order, and then I'd say the last one, which of course is your income, you're 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 constantly marketing and seeing new patients, and that and that part is growing right there, then my God, that is a ton of value. Wouldn't those are the areas, right? Those are the areas that you focus on because that's gonna create the most value, not just for you personally, for your household but also for the enterprise value of the business. It's going to be the thing that drives the value of that business by doing all those things right there. All right, Bar so none. You got people, process, finances, that's your numbers, assets, those are the relationships and things. Mm -hmm. How are you taking care of your stuff? And then finally income. How are you going, how, how are you, 
how are you setting this process up? Are you are you constantly bringing in attention? Are you constantly bringing in patience? Yeah, I mean, who wants to buy a, a business that's going like this, right. going down? Right. Nobody's gonna. Nobody wants to buy something that's dying because right. they're gonna have to imbue life into it. Okay, but you know, you should be by the time you transition, you should be seeing your highest ever in patient visits. Your highest everything. That's when you. That's when you exit out. Right. I'm in the process of, and I don't even know if I'm going to go through with this adult move here, but I'm thinking about eventually buying a house. Maybe not at the gigantic worst time in the world right now. Jimmy, that's a big step right there. As a financial yeah. advisor, I'm going to give you just a couple words of advice on that. Please do. <laughs> what I've noticed with real estate agents and how they stage a house. It looks as if I could literally carry my stuff in today and I would just be able to move in. They've set, they've literally they staged it. They set the stage for this is completely turnkey. You walk right in everything. Here is your storybook ending. And I feel like yeah. that's what your, your five key areas is, is. If you came in tomorrow, everything's fine. I'm going to yeah. turn these reins over. Everything's in good shape. This is why you should play. You should pay a multiplier of my, of my revenue. And not a percentage of it. Yeah, not in a big multiplier too. We're talking like seven, eight times. Is that what you know? it is? I, somebody told me three and a half. Nah. Okay. Well, it all depends on what on the size of your practice. You know, I think if you got, and again, you got to look at what, uh, it depends on who you're selling to. Okay. But it really shouldn't matter. But I think that, uh, look, you, you can't ever rely on one of anything in life. I don't think so. Right. And, uh, you know, when it comes to your, your practice, um, I, you know, obviously you want to hire as many associates as you can, because as you expand, you, you're just helping more people. Right? right. So I don't, I don't, I'd never limit myself. Well, if I just had five PTs on staff, then I'm good. Right. Well, you, that can't be your mindset. You're either growing or you're dying. You're not going right. sideways. Okay. Yep. So that would be my, my viewpoint, but no, I, I've seen, and I've had a lot of clients uh, recently that have been selling uh, your number I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind even more. Okay. I'm seeing right now, uh, multiples that are creeping up into 10 to 11 to 12 what, times what, earnings. What Net gross. What? So you're, yeah, you, you, we would say you're, um, there's a term called EBITDA. Okay. You right. probably heard that term before. It's a yes. stupid accounting technical term that no one can actually define, but, um, uh, it basically means like what what is the earnings of the practice that someone could expect if they bought it? Okay. And um, so generally, that's what the multiple is based upon. And uh, depending on the size of your practice, how many locations, like Juliet said, she was at 11, she worked for 11, uh, uh, 11 location business. I mean, that that's a big business. They're going to yeah. sell for a pretty high multiple, that is uh, assuming all their other things are in place. Right. Uh, so it really depends on the size of your practice, how many patients you see, a lot of other things. But um, no, it's it's not unusual uh, to see that. And wow. it's happening in a lot of other healthcare professions as well. Wow. Yeah. All, right. all these people have. Sorry, I'm going to go. All these people. There's right. so much private equity money out there. There's so many of these big groups that have so much money and you can't sit it in cash because what are you earning uh, on cash? You need to buy businesses. So all this money that's being created right now is. It needs to go someplace, okay? And so people are buying businesses because they cash flow. And that's what they're looking for, you know, things and, that have a profit. And and healthcare practices like physical therapy, good, good things to do, good, good Un, to bet on? Unbelievable good businesses. If you know how to run a PT practice and you can and you can at least get it up to, I don't know, maybe, you know, three, four, five locations, um, or just one big facility where maybe you're seeing like 500 patient visits a week or a thousand patient visits a week or more, 
yeah, uh, the, you're going to find someone that's going to want you and they're going to pay a lot of money for you. It's it's an industry right now where that that kind of money is just flowing to. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon um, because interest rates are so low. It's cheap to borrow money. And these guys need to find places to position money where they can get a return. And they're predictable. And people need health care and people need help. And PT is a, is a you know, it's proven to help people. Well, we're looking so, at also, you know the, the population of the United States. There's more people over 65 than are under 18. I think the first time in in U.S. history. So we're seeing like people need healthcare. They're they're going to need this physical therapy thing as we age. And PTs are uniquely positioned as healthcare providers. Uh, Eric, you're with us. Uh, Econologics Financial Advisors, and that's the website Econologic uh, Financial Advisors.com. Again, we mentioned uh, Eric's ebook, uh, How to Become a Financial Beast. Went through the five key areas of practice that create the most value. We touched on cash flow. Yeah. Give me like the business school 101 because it's got two where I know what cash means and I know what flow means, but we'll talk about, give us like what cash flow is and then we'll get into like how we might be able to prevent it or when it's a bad situation, how to get out of it. I mean, I guess the simplest definition, if I, if I had, uh, uh, $10,000 of income comes, say I owned a property, right? $10,000 of income was coming in. It cost me $8,000 of expenses. I'd have $2,000 of, of, of cash flow. Cash right? that, yeah. Yeah. Of, of free, of free cash flow. That's how I would, that's how I would define that. All right. So in a PT practice, if you have a cash flow issue, yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you remedy this? Because I, I know some practitioners have been talking about this in our Facebook group online. And they're saying, what do I do now? Do I borrow? Is that what I do to, to get out of the cash flow issue? Or what are some things you can do to maybe present, prevent getting into it? Or if you are, what 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 systems can you work to get out? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things you can do. But you have to have the idea that this was an inside job. You're in the condition that you're in because of some internal factors, not an outside economy, not some yeah. external factors. Get that out of your head. Give yourself a, a checkup from the neck up on that one, right? And that's the first thing that, I, that we have to do with people. It's oh, like, no. you know, hey, it's like, this is something happened internally here of why you're having problems with money, okay? So let's 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 figure that out first. First thing I, I, I typically tell people to do is, look, you, you gotta get back to the purpose of the organization. Right. So if you're an owner and you're having cash flow issues, all right, you have all these people that work for you and it, something is not production is not occurring uh, at the at the volume that it needs to in relation to the expenses of the organization. That's just the simplicity of it. Right. So um, you have to you have to now people people I don't think are only money motivated. I think they are very there's there's a sense of duty and purpose, especially yeah. for a lot of people. So. To me, as an owner, first thing that I would do is like, okay, guys, what is the purpose of the organization? We are here to, you know, help people improve their function or, you know, lessen their pain or wh whatever it is that your, your purpose is. That's the first thing that you have to really, really get in everybody, guys. This is why we're here. This is the purpose of the organization. Purpose is over everything, especially if you're in that kind of, in that kind of condition, okay? I know it sounds a little corny and it's like, you know, rah, 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 Tony Robbins stuff, but it, it well, works. Well, yeah. I think I think what you're doing here is you're saying 
let's look inward, right? Because a lot of people will bitch at the wind or they'll bitch at the at the at the water flooding into their uh, life raft and say, "Well, it's the water's fault." It's like, "Well, yeah. yeah, okay, that's the symptom. What's the what's the root cause? What are we doing here? What's our purpose?" Exactly. The next thing I do is that look, you got to make sure that you're operating on the right numbers. Now, what do I mean by that? That there's two golden rules of income and expenses. I'll give them to you really quick. Number one, a business, an organization, a country, whatever it is, it's going to try to spend every living dollar that it makes and then some. Just, just that's a natural law right there. And you can see that at work everywhere you go. Doesn't matter your household, a country, a business. The business is going to try to spend every dollar that it makes and then some. Okay. Uh, the second rule, though, is that it will also make exactly what it thinks it needs to make to cover all of its most important expenses. Like, have you ever been in a situation where you're like, dude, I, I, I need a thousand bucks. I, I got to make it right. Or I'm not going to be able to, to do this thing, whatever it is. And somehow magically you end up making a thousand dollars. Okay. Enough. Yeah. There was a demand for the money and that's why you made it. Okay. And people try to explain it all in, in so many different ways, but that's really it. Like there's a demand for money that you need. If you, if you have that demand, you're going to make it. Okay. Now in a business, um, most people are drastically underestimating how much money that they need for that business to function solvently. Okay. And what I mean by that is like, when I ask someone like what their make break number is of their business, they're going to tell me a number. And I say, does that include your profit business reserves, um, uh, taxes, and uh, what's another one that I, I usually include in there? Um, uh, I don't know, like expansion of something, like a, an expansion fund. Like there's four categories of, of expense right there that all are very important. Like you would say your profit's per, pretty important expense, important. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, having reserves in a business is a pretty important thing, especially if you get shut down for a period of time. Uh, having money to expand, all these things need to be incorporated as expenses. And most people just exclude them out of the equation when they're, when they, when they formulate their make break number. So they're operating on the wrong number. Okay. Because if they're operating on the right number, they would, the income demand would rise. Okay. That's what we have to cover. Okay. That, that is typically what ends up happening is that you're just operating on the wrong number. So you, you really have to, get in there and say, okay, we're making $75,000 a month as we think that's our make break number. It's actually $90,000 a month. Oh, you know, you get through all the tears and everything like that, but then that's the target. And I know one thing about practice owners, when I give them a target like to hit, they're overachievers, they will go get it. And, and that is, I think that a thing that's lacking from a lot of people is that they don't have someone that's running them in that area. They need a push. They need a push. They're right? hitting target. They're just aiming low. And it's not that they're underachieving. It's like they think it's 75, but they Bingo. have accounted for the 15. That So now you're saying, I need 100 because our number is 90. That's right. And that's why you're insolvent because you didn't factor in profits and reserves and all those things. And then if you have one bad month, just one bad month, now you're trying to catch up. So that, that would definitely be another thing is that just make sure that you're operating on the right numbers for sure. Are, are these numbers, are, are people a little ostrichy where they just rather not look at it and, and they're saying, oh, we're probably fine. Like that scares me just thinking about it. Like you, you, I mean, this goes back to like just knowing your numbers. And if you don't, 
pushing, you know, sweeping under the rug is not a that's not a plan. What was that word? Ostrichy? Ostrichy? I don't know. Head in the sand. Oh, ostrich. Okay, I got that. Yeah, that was sorry. Ostrichish. That's not a word. That's why you didn't know it. Oh, it's a good. It was a good word. I was gonna steal it, but I think you just made it up. <laughs> so, it, do, do you see that? If someone doesn't know their numbers, if they are, yeah. if the target in this situation is lower than they probably need, what's the main reason? Uh, that it's just a lack of knowing how much it actually costs to run a business. And when you don't factor in those, those expenses and, and put those things in place, then you're just always going to be, you're always going to be short because you don't, you don't have any buffers in life. You know, look, when someone builds, when an engineer builds a bridge that says weight limit, a thousand pounds, you know, if your truck weighs a thousand and one pounds, the bridge isn't going to collapse right. because they build a factor of safety in there. Got to do the same thing with a business. So that's why you, you put your profits in as you expense your profits, treat them as expenses. Like they should come out just like any other bill, but they go into an account that of course is there. If you need to salvage the business, then there's some money there to salvage it. Um, but that, that is a, that, that number is so key to understand that, that, um, you know, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. I feel like we heard a lot about cash flow and the, and the, and the cash flow crunch, because of what you just mentioned, which I guess we should allude to because we just went through a, we're still going through a pandemic, which is a lot of people weren't planning on that. No. It showed. I mean, it, it really exposed, it didn't cause a lot of weaknesses. I always say like stressful, you know, someone said those stressful situations, they don't uh, cause weaknesses, they expose them. And I think a lot of people got exposed, unfortunately. They, they did. And there was a, you can see the lack of uh, preparedness that a lot of, a lot of business owners had. Now, you know, luckily the PPP money, saved a lot of people's bacon. It really you did. That, you don't have to count on that. That wants to be, that needs to be a, 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 a like a, a, you know, value add, not yeah. the thing you're counting on. You can't hold your breath for that. No. And that you would never want to do that long-term either. I, I think it, the money was there. Great. It went the first time I've ever seen a government program that actually got in the hands of business owners directly, no. not without filtering through big corporations and all that. But at the end of the day, who wants to be relying upon the government for the rest of their lives? I don't. Nothing. Right. So I think the idea here is that you, you got to pass and who knows if the next time that comes around, you may not get that pass. So just make sure that you're prepared and that you factor in these things and you just and you just operate on the right numbers. Like I said, you're not as far away as you think. You know, it doesn't take much to, to mine that or, or to, you know, bridge that gap of what you should be making versus what you are making. You know, it's just going to be a little bit more of a push. A little bit more marketing, a little bit more um, production from your staff. Um, maybe you're, you know, you're, you're, maybe you're carrying too much staff. Um, you really have to look at these things. I know these are hard questions that business owners have to ask themselves, but it is something that um, you do need to look at for sure. Well, know your I mean, numbers. You, you mentioned it earlier, which is um, a physical therapist might own the business, but they need to be also an executive. So you mentioned those three hats that someone has to wear. Yeah. And if you're not great, you said. Two is a lot to wear, right? Yeah. Three is probably, as in, in your suggestion, is probably one too many. Yep. Um, and this goes back to number one on your list in terms of key areas of practice that creates the most value. That's that's going to be a person. Who's that person that's going to wear one of the other hats in your organization? That's right. And you have to be able to train and hire that person to be able to do that function. Yeah. And just don't try to go at it. You know, look, nobody that I've ever met that's super, super wealthy did it alone. You just can't do it alone. You yeah. need to you need to have a team behind you. That's for um, sure. Again, check that website, EconologicsFinancialAdvisors.com. Uh, Eric's free book, 
How to Be a Financial Beast. I feel like you really have to hit the B on that. The Beast uh, is available now. If you're not, if you are cocky enough to say, I don't need that book. I probably know everything in that book. Uh, <laughs> that I would not bet on you. Like if you know everything in that book, there's not one thing you're going to learn. Uh, so go there again, econologicsfinancialadvisors.com. Uh, Can you come back in three months? I feel like I feel like we should do like a like a like a like a, like a finance uh, course where Eric just drops by like once every two three months. I'll just drop some bombs every two or three months whenever yeah, also, you want. You know. Also, as we, I don't think we needed to, to use the word unprecedented or anything. But I'm giving a graduation speech, as I mentioned, with Greg Todd this weekend in Florida. Can't wait to come down, Eric. And I'm I'm one of my, you know, big topics in the speech is the word unprecedented. And believe me, I never want to have to say that word again. But I almost wanted to take it, own it, use it and say, like, listen, like I got news for you. Everything's unprecedented. But let's look at it as a, as a positive. Like, yeah. nothing's guaranteed. So look at everything like, well, what if this goes completely sideways? What would I do then? Be overly prepared for what could go wrong. And then you're never going to be caught going, I didn't see this coming. No, I think if you just, if you're willing to confront, I think that word is like people like, you got to be willing to confront something. Like I don't want to, I would not want to have to watch my, my family go through any pain or anything like that. I don't think anybody does, but I'd be willing to confront it. Okay. And if you're willing to experience it, then I think it kind of takes the, 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 the edge off of it a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and maybe it, it would prompt that thing not to happen to you if you take responsibility. And I know that's another big word that a lot of people hear and they're like, Oh gosh, it's the, the responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. But it's not something that, you know, should come with a lot of effort. It's just some, something that I think a lot of us just naturally do. Look, I want to take responsibility for my family, for my business, uh, for my finances. And if, if you do that, I think it tends to not, you tend not to invite bad stuff to happen to you yeah. when you do that. The, the, this is uh, this is something my swim coach in high school was talking about, and I have no idea why. He talked about something that state troopers did with those German shepherds, like, you know, the police dogs? Yeah. They wrap the the rookies up in those big suits, you know, those big gigantic suits, and they, they put heart rate monitors on the guy. They let the dog go. It runs at you. You know it's not going to hurt, but you're, they're still a German shepherd with giant teeth, right? Yeah. And they watch as the police officer's heart rate goes to like 180. All right. They take the dog away. They sit you down. Relax, relax, relax. Your heart rate goes back down to like 75. They do it again. And of course, there's a dog, man. But you know you're fine. You already you just experienced it. You're not going to get bit. Heart rate spikes, but it only goes to 163. You keep uh. that. What you're, you're acclimating to this. I mean, what you're talking about is like, yeah, you don't want to have to theory about uh, to think about like maybe my business is going to is going to, you know, experience problems. Maybe the world's not going to go into a pandemic. But if you think about those things, you're kind of it's a graded exposure to use a physical therapy term, which is like yeah. now you're you're confronting that thing. And it's not something you want to invite. You're confronting it, though. Right. You're willing you're willing to look at it. I Correct. think people that aren't willing to look at things to your point, like you said, I'm just going to put my finances over here and let someone else handle it. I mean, yeah, I'm sure nothing bad's going to happen if you do that. So just be willing to look at it. And I think when people put their attention on something, uh you know, good people can handle things and they can handle a lot more than what they think they can. I think, you're right. I think the potential and capability of, of most people that I know, uh, uh, is, is really high, especially in this field. I've met so many competent physical therapists and owners and just good people. They're just so competent. And that's the one thing I, I, I think I value most about this industry is just the level of competency that I see.
Love that. All right. Yeah. Ecologics, financial advisors.com. And again, uh, Eric's free uh, ebook is available there now. Uh, Eric, are you ready to play uh, three questions with us? We can do that. Let's do it. Let's do three questions. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing, fusionmedstaff.com. Want to let your PT or PTA license take you around this country of ours doing the things that you want to do? Well, hell yeah, you do. Uh, you want to go to Florida? Why not? Uh, let your PT and PTA license take you where you want to go. Find out with job transparency. You don't have to go back and forth with a recruiter to eventually get the details out there. Fusion is just like, listen, we want to find great practitioners and great facilities that need them and put them together. That's what we do. Find them online at fusionmedstaff.com, hashtag travel PT. That's what they do. All right, Eric, first uh, question. Where's somewhere you can't wait to go? You live in Florida, but where's somewhere in the 50 U.S. states you can't wait to go? Oh, was it the 50 U.S. states? Because I had one like international. Oh, but swing through the fences. Let's do that. Norway. Yeah. Aren't Norway. they the people on the planet? I saw them rate ranked as they, they said that they're consistently the, the happiest people on the planet. I think I think you may be right, but I, they have those. And I'm going to butcher this. The, the name of those like were they Fjorks or uh, sure. like. Yeah. And I, I saw that one time on on a uh, uh, I don't know, like I was, I was running. And of course, they you have all this beautiful music and scenery and everything like that. And I'm like, where is that? Let's go there. And I was, and, and then of course they have all the, 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 what are those lights? Um, oh, the Northern lights or yeah, the Northern lights. So I, you know, that's kind of a dream trip, you know, and I, I like to go to places where people, everyone's going to say, you know, I'm going to go to Tahiti or the Bahamas, or I'm like, nah, I want to go to Norway yeah. and, and check that out. So that'd be cool. one place. That's yeah. good. And it, well, there are people there, so they need physical therapists. So check them out. Uh, FusionMedStaff.com. Um, second question is a what question. What is something that you've, watched or read or listened to a book a movie a podcast anything pt business related or not just something that you think the audience would get value from um let's see a book uh, uh well there's a book called the road to serfdom Ooh, what is that okay so this was a book um i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher his name um by a gentleman named von mises and he he talked about what happens when uh, a a country goes from you know kind of a, a free republic all the way to you know communistic and such, and it's I think it's a really really I mean this was a book that was written you know I think over a hundred years ago, but if you read some of the points, a lot of the things that were you know loss of freedoms that you're seeing right now today, you know government intervention, you know a lot of a lot of it we're seeing right now is, is kind of you know, we're seeing a pattern right there. So it repeats itself. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you know, I just believe in human beings and individuals. And I don't think, I mean, we're, while we're, we're all kind of like the same in some ways, we're all very, very different. And we all have, you know, different purposes and goals and things like that. But I do think we all want to help people, but that book really kind of focused on the individual and uh, what happens when, you know, your, your freedoms get taken away. So yeah. anyway, so uh, question three is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Oh my gosh. Um, let's see the know more about. Yeah. 
Like who's someone again, could be within the field or definitely could be outside. I love when you bring people in from outside, but who's someone you're like, this person does great work and you should know about them. Oh gosh. Uh, it doesn't have to be in the physical therapy field, right? Just be someone all. that, that... <laughs> someone in finance, someone who's written a great book, anything. Okay. Well, there is a, Oh my gosh. This was a, this, you stumped me a little bit on this one. Um, I've got okay. someone if you don't have someone. Yeah. Get, okay. Brainstorm. So you I'm can, re- I'm something. reading a lot of Adam Grant lately. Uh, okay. like a social scientist and he, he, he kind of, suffer, uh, he checks out, um, motivations of individuals and companies. Yes. Um, so he kind of explains like, why do people do the things that they do? And then what is the psychological reason behind that? So Adam Grant is the guy I think you should know more about. That's pretty cool. I'm, the reason I'm doing this is I'm just checking my phone and seeing what it is that I'm, I'm reading. Um, just so I can kind of get you the, Oh, okay. Here's, there's a guy, his name is Dominic Frisbee. Okay. And he actually talks about the history of taxes, like where taxes came from. I think that a lot of people should probably know a little bit about that just because you're going to pay a lot. Uh, yeah. So it would be something. So he wrote a book that was kind of interesting on that. I love and, it. uh, anyway, that's probably, uh, that's what comes to the top of mind right now. Yeah. I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick myself in like 20 minutes. I'm like, why did yeah. I say that guy Eric, right you're there? Back, you're back in two months. We'll be fine. Bring that back next time. We have some big requests. Uh, okay. last thing we do on the show is called the parting shot. All right. Thanks to our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Just had a friend from PT school message me the other day and say, like, hey, I'm thinking about, I'm flirting with maybe the OCS. I don't know. How do I prepare for that? And I was like, I got you. Current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. It's from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. How do you go wrong? You don't. Uh, So check them online at orthopt.org. Become a member. They are the largest academy within the American Physical Therapy Association. So a great network to uh, level up your orthopedic game, orthopt.org. So parting shot, Eric, unencumbered your last mic drop moment, soapbox, whatever sentiment you want to leave with the audience as we wrap up this episode, stage is yours. Uh, there's two rules of business that I, I learned. You know, there's the first miracle is that the day someone shows up uh, and wants, wants help, that's a miracle. And then the day that you get rid of, of a toxic person out of your life. I don't think people realize the value that that has not only on you emotionally, but on your finances yeah. and just, and just how, um, how damaging someone can be. That's trying to make you shrink, trying to make you small. That's telling you, you shouldn't do that. Um, that t- it's telling you that it's, it's, it's better to stay small. Uh, those, those are things that you, uh, you should stay away from. Um, But I will say this, you know, whenever you make the decision that you want to increase your net worth, you want to increase your expansion of yourself or your business, it is going to be met with a wave of resistance. You are going to get pushback. You are going to get criticized. You are going to get all kinds of things. And to the degree that you recognize that and say, you know what, that's all that is. I'm going to push through it. You will get yourself to another level of wealth. 
And, and then, you know, the same thing will happen because you want to go to the next level again, you're going to get a wave of resistance. It's a, it's amazing what I've seen happen when yeah. people have made that decision. And I just want to make sure that, that you guys recognize that you're not doing something wrong. If you get pushback, you're not, you didn't make the wrong decision. Matter of fact, you made the right decision. Probably. Yeah. And, and, uh, but just recognize that is a real thing and that is what's going to happen. And, uh, but just push through it. And, you know, I promise you, as long as you have good financial habits in place and you really keep them in and you don't think that I can just do the same thing over and over again and expect that my financial condition is going right. to change. Um, then I, you know, you're going to put yourself on a higher road. Yeah, I've got that's part of my you're like, it's like you're reading part of my graduation speech this weekend. But I said, uh, do you, they are going to show up and I use they in quotes, which is, yeah, well, they said this isn't a good idea. And I, you know, they, they tried this and they didn't succeed. Those theyers are going to show up, ignore them at all costs, because yes. you know what, I'd rather swing and miss than sit there with the bat on my shoulder and be like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a never was take the swing and miss, take the swing. Period. Take the, take the swing, man, and what celebrate you- and celebrate your your victories along the way too. A lot of people don't do that. Like, got it. Like, if you've had success, you know, I don't know how many of these podcasts you've done, but I'm sure you guys have gotten you know certain downloads and, and numbers of downloads, yeah. and you've achieved this success. You got to celebrate that celebrate. stuff. Like, you know, just celebrate the, your wins. We just because- celebrated five years, and as you're saying this, Eric, I had a professor tell me. Do not do a podcast. This is, is going to take your focus away. And I, for some reason, was like, I don't know. I, I still kind of like it. That was five years ago and 3.4 million downloads ago, which isn't bad for something wow. that I recorded in my living room. 3.4 million. Wow. In, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a field with 300,000 physical therapists in the U.S., that ain't bad. No, that's amazing, man. Jeez. Uh, we'd love to have you back in a couple of months. We'll do this again. Pick the, the topic of whatever's uh, whatever's on your mind, and we'll we'll educate people financially. I love doing this. Uh, I can do it all day. So um, we'll definitely connect. Thanks so Eric, much, Eric. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at Brooks ihl.org our home on the internet ptpinecast.com created by build pt build pt provides marketing services specifically for private practice pts from website development and hosting providing content marketing solutions for pt clinics across the country see what build pt can do for you today at buildpt.com the PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.